Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Awareness. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Awareness offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded souls, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going and remember you are not alone on this journey. I'm here for you every step of the way. In today's episode, we're honored to host Celeste Mergens, the founder of Days for Girls and the author of The Power of Days. From tales of personal challenges to global movements that shatter stigmas, Celeste's journey is nothing short of extraordinary. So get ready to be uplifted, inspired, and empowered. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have Celeste Megans, a global thought leader helping people be the change they want to be in the world. She specializes in helping people engage with joy, resilience, sustainability, and in women's health. She is an author, sought-after speaker, consultant, and the founder of Days for Girls, a global award-winning organization. Days for Girls has reached more than 2.9 million women and girls in 145 countries. She has been featured on Oprah's O Magazine and Forbes and has been named Conscious Company Global Impact Entrepreneur Top 10 Women and Women's Economic Forum's Women of the Decade. <laughs> Her highly anticipated new book, The Power of Days, A Story of Resilience, Dignity, and the Fight for Women's Equity comes out through Ben Bella books this October, sharing proof that we can all make a difference. Thank you so much, Celeste, for joining me today. Oh, such a delight. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Me too, because I was sharing with you when I was eight years old, I was just a few, sh uh, few days shy from my ninth birthday. I wow. started my period. And luckily, my mom gave me the heads up when I was younger. And she just like gave me a little bit of education, you know, bless her heart, love my mom. And so I was very grateful for that. Because I was I went in the shower. And then I come out and I saw something on my underwear, you know, I was like, what is this? I'm going to be real, okay? Because I have a female, most mostly female here. On and so I went to my mom and I'm like, mom, just oh, you started your period. I said, oh, no. I'm like, oh. oh no. And so I was like going, I was like third grader, right? So it was very yeah. I was like the first one to actually 
go to my teacher, say, I have to go change my pad, you know? Young, really young. So embarrassing. You and your mom had already talked about this. That's like probably top 1% of parent that goes in that early. So kudos to her. Yeah, she actually, I, I think it's genetic because she started at nine years old. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she's like, maybe let me give her an, uh, a little heads up before <laughs> she freaks out yeah. or something. Yes, but I would love to hear about you and your story and just all the things you're grateful for. Oh, goodness. Gratitude is, wow. You know, I had the gift of at a very early age, and I say gift now, I didn't always say gift And I say gift from the perspective of now, it's not easy, but having been without a home as a child, having gone hungry as a child, having not had a lot of security as a child. And as a result, I am grateful for everything, (laughs) seriously, everything, name it. And and I, I see how you can go without. So I'm really, really grateful. And I've found that gratitude is a superpower. It truly shifts our mind from looking at the things we don't have to seeing what we do have and and what we appreciate, appreciates. Uh, That's a quote from Brendan Burchard, who says, focuses on, you know, if you're focused on something, more of that starts multiplying in your life. And the truth is, when we're grateful for something, we notice more of it. So for me, even with my children, If you don't teach a child to say thank you, then they don't notice as they go through the day how many blessings they have, how many beautiful things happen. If you don't say thank you to your team, you may not notice how hard they've been working. If It it really does help you be aware and really honestly help your brain store these little notches of things that are beautiful in your life that if you do not choose gratitude... You can get stuck in old ruts of trauma, pain, or irritation. When you lean into gratitude, you get boosts of awareness and gifts you might miss otherwise. Absolutely. And one of my practices in my morning time is when I wake up, I always give myself one minute and I'll even time it on my phone one minute and I'll just say whatever I'm grateful for for the day. And that already starts my day off like so wonderfully. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm ready to take on the day. And then of course I have my other morning routine and everything, Mm -hmm. but you do have a story when you were a child, because I shared my, my childhood story, but can (laughs) you go ahead? Can you go ahead and talk a little bit about your childhood involving an apple that became a turning point in how you viewed yourself and your circumstances? Oh, definitely. And before I do that, I have to say you too, because I do the same thing when I wake up, I allow myself to stretch into gratitude, yeah. just lay there and go through all the things I'm grateful for and, and all the things to look forward to in the day and just, ah, right. Yes. It's huge. I, I, I love, love breathing. That. I love that we do that. So yes, when you know, those times that you never forget those times that you can still see the, the light and the colors and the warmth in your feet and This was one of those moments that I played over and over in my head. And I was walking along the pathway in a state park that we were living at at the time. We kind of go to another place, be on the side for a little bit, next place at times. And and 
I was walking along and a woman came into view of her dog first and a shiny rhinestone collar that led to her hand that had half eaten apple. And honestly and truly, it'd been a little while since I'd had fresh fruit or honestly food. So she threw it into the dumpster that happened to be next to us. And I was thinking whether I could get in and still get out and not get stuck in. So it's just about five, you know, so I I was standing there and then I got that feeling on the back of your neck that someone's staring at you. And I looked over and sure enough, she's looking me up and down, you know, the look and says, where are your shoes, girl? And I remember what I said, because I did replay it over and over. I'm toughening my feet. I said, <laughs> I, I love that. Her as Corella DeVille. Do you know this movie? Yeah. Just to think of her as that. And only recently did I recognize that she was actually a gift because what happened next is it was like a mirror turned around and I could see what she saw when she looked at me, that she saw a small unkempt girl with dirty feet and no shoes and clothes too small. And, and I felt ashamed and poor. And then I realized I just had this warmth come up through me are you the hungry girl? Are you the poor girl without a home? Are you? And I got to just answer, I am not from here. I am not this place. I am not what you see. And and she'd already turned and walk away. So I didn't get to say anything out loud. And yet I realized now I got the gift at such a young age to be asked that question and to answer, I am not this place. And and that, I'm not saying that was the last time I was ever challenged. I'm saying that that seed of the ability at such a young age to recognize we are not what people think of us. We are not what, where we are, what happened or, or a choice we made that was bad. We are now our choices right now, our pathways, our, the decisions we make with what comes up. We are, and even that doesn't define us. We are so much more we all are for better or worse we're also not our jobs our words our any of that either we're so much more than that and that moment gave me a gift that started me thinking along the way how do we help people and not put them in cubbies of defining what they are but instead give solutions that they can lift themselves how do we help people see they are not their circumstances. And how do we ourselves keep from falling in a trap of labeling people because of our own experience? Well, that's so beautiful that you said that. And it's funny because a lot of people that come into our lives are all our spiritual teachers, good or bad, whatever we define them mm -hmm. as like, oh, that was a bad experience. Oh, that was a good experience. No matter what, they teach us something to grow our spirit. And for us to just get better. And then once we feel connected to our and aligned to our spirit, then we want to help others connect to their spirit as well. And that's why I'm excited that you, God bless you first and foremost uh, for these girls. That's such a blessing, like 145 countries. That's like, like and six continents as well, right? So you are all over. And can you share a little bit about what you have created? Yes. Oh, it's such a beautiful example of, what happens when we come together and when we don't other each other, but invite each other to come together. So Days for Girls was founded in 2008 
And, and it happened because I was at an orphanage or working in Kenya. Um, every six months, I would come and help a foundation have sustainable solutions. And having been invited to an orphanage, wanted them to have them too. And then fast forward and, and I get a call that the children, because of post-election violence in a peaceful, relatively stable country, Kenya, had displaced half a million people. The election had had people fighting each other because it was so close. And I feel like that's kind of a precautionary tale for us, you know, find the places to stand together. And and now this orphanage swelled to 1,400 reported kids. And I got a call that they were completely out of food and they had been for two days. Well, now you know why that took me to my knees. I know what it's like to go without food. I know how it hurts. I know how hunger takes you back to that and you can't concentrate on anything else. I don't, even sleep is difficult. So I, I wanted to help them and we'd already sent everything we could. We'd had fundraisers. I had nothing left to send. And so I was pleading for some form of genius of what to do to help and woke up at 2.30 in the morning with it going through my head. Have you asked what the girls are doing for feminine hygiene? I ran to the computer. I emailed, didn't expect an immediate answer and certainly didn't expect the answer I got. And it was simply nothing. They wait in their rooms. It turned out they were sitting on a piece of, of cardboard for days. I knew that, of course, we want to respond to that. And I also knew if we sent money for pads in the future, we were able to raise money for food and other things they needed. And thankfully, a friend um, stepped in and who sold something so she could help and, and other people and we were able to help. And it ended up that I sent money for these things, but I recognized what happens next month. And of course, if you have to choose between food and a pad, you're going to choose food. So how do we help them month after month? We made the first washable days for girls kit pad system and people from all over were helping literally over a hundred people doing what they could because we only had three and a half weeks to make this happen. Oh, wow. It was miraculous, more miraculous to me still was when we arrived and we talked about education and about what their bodies are doing and how without periods there would be no people and their bodies are amazing. And, and we had these beautiful conversations about why they matter and their strength matters and they, their days matter. And then everybody's cheering and holding their days for girls kids and they come to the door and the first set of girls with big smiles said, thank you so much. Because before you came, we had to let them use us if we wanted to leave the room and go to class. Mm -hmm. I'm praying that didn't mean what I feared it meant, but there were 250 more girls to come through and it was so much cheering. I couldn't quite make it out. And I said, please, please come afterwards. And afterwards they confirmed they were being exploited in exchange for a single disposable pad. And that was the moment Days for Girls was born. That is so heartbreaking because uh, I've suffered a lot of uh, child molestation when I was between the ages of six to 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And that just breaks my heart, you know, just for a pad. You know, right. I mean, that's just like heartbreaking. And 
oh, that makes me kind of angry and just like, but that's where you come in and that's where your organization comes in. Now you Mm -hmm. also, um, so yes, God bless you again. Like these, these girls, you've just brought so much joy and gratitude in their hearts because they, I mean, here in America, we don't, we don't even really think about it because we've, we've, I mean, we just go to the store across the street and just can get it, but it's not like that everywhere. You know, it's different. And they take it. I think the guys take advantage of the young girls. Well, they do for sure. And that's what um, the book, The Power of Days that I've written, that's coming yeah. out October 3rd, has some of the girls' stories and how they're so amazing, resourceful, how everybody came together, how it wasn't me, it was all of us. It was the call to action that people are saying yes to, that we step together around the globe. And, and they are, they're being what manipulated in exchange for a pad they're being stuck in sheds they're being isolated from their family they're being shamed and stigmatized and the best part and even in the u.s do we don't want to talk about periods we'd rather talk about anything else why that is is mystifying we're all connected to periods every single one of us and it's an amazing thing and it's the sign of a healthy person that is it's it's just the most incredible thing and we're afraid of it it's and all the sociological reasons for that i get them but i also know here's the best part there are a lot of things that are hard to change this isn't one of them this Mm -hmm. we can change in our lifetime this is just correct resources they can count on and education that shatters the stigma and and shame talk to others change our mindset about it go repeat we can be the equivalent of suffragettes by just shedding the fear and deciding that this is something that changes. That to me is miraculous and marvelous. Yeah. So next time I go in the store, I'm going to be like, because I used, I'm going to be real. I was, I'm still kind of afraid to go to the store and get a box of tampons or pads. It's like embarrassing. So I'll have my husband go because then I feel like I'm going to be in line and everybody's going to be staring oh we know what you know what she's starting or you know she's on her period you better watch out she's probably cranky and hormonal you know so I was always like you know fearful about that so I understand but next time I'm going to go ahead and proudly grab it and smile (laughs) (laughs) and say thank you have a great day we should start a new meme we should start one that grab it and dance down the aisle (laughs) yeah (laughs) right right oh my goodness and now the resources you provide for these girls I've heard something about sex trafficking uh women's health can you talk a little bit more about the resources you provide absolutely the the pad itself is we do washable pads, some disposable limited and, and menstrual cups, things they can count on. And, um, they're beautiful, colorful. They don't look like a pad. They are proving, we say they last two to four years. They're proving to last up to seven that we have reports for. So they can really count on them and what you're asking about. They always come with education and this education takes about an hour, hour and a half and it includes what a period is, how babies happen, how to stay healthy and strong, how to know when to predict that you are most likely to become pregnant, how to um, how your body matures and what to expect, including menstruation, and also hand washing and also 
trafficking and what to know about that and how to protect yourself and to watch for the warning signs and even some really um, good tips of what to do if you are trafficked, what to know. So, So all conversations that are quickly covered, that are all shared in engaging ways that are about um, uplifting each other. What's great is I've often seen them, you know, their arms are folded. They're like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to have that talk. And by the end, they're, they're smiling, they're engaging. And, and it's really beautiful to have something that's just the facts and also celebrating and engaging. So that hasn't, didn't happen overnight. Our pads have been through 30 iterations. They are, um, they are, they hold two patents for the genius of listening around the globe and applying that genius. And then, and our system for health education delivery has actually had over 70 iterations with expert feedback, feedback in the field. And it's not just girls and women and people with periods. It's also the men. We have a program called Men Who Know, which helps everybody in the community talk about periods, shatter the shame and understand, which really helps people not be afraid. That is funny that you said, I have another story to share with you and talking about guys and being open about it. I'm going to tell you a story. Eighth grade. So we had a wonderful English teacher. She was like, I think it was like the last period of the day. Um, no, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> she was my last, like my, my last period. And so it was Miss T, but I had my period. And I remember I got up and there was just a mess, like literally on the seat. And I was so embarrassed. I did not want to get up from there. I was just like, oh. and so I was getting up and then I'm like, oh, I hope no one sees this. Cause there's one boy who stayed around and was just hanging out there. Like he was a teacher's aide kind of who was helping her. Mm-hmm. And then, and he's like, I can clean it up for you. I was like, <laughs> Oh. terrified bless his heart he cleaned it up I'm not kidding this is a true story bless wow. his heart eight I mean eighth grade <laughs> and I because I was like oh and then my teacher drove me home because I live just really close to the school oh. and so I was just like I'm sorry <laughs> it's just like um. I was thinking about the guy you're just talking about like I have to share that but yes it's it's good to have I'm glad he was comfortable most guys would be like ew what you know but he was actually okay with it so bless his heart oh thank you for sharing because I think a lot of people have this kind of experience and it's deeply shaming for them and in a lot of places in the world you know I have a friend in Kenya Julie who told me that she had this happen in her school when she was young and she became the girl with red drops from then on even when she had children she was still called the one with red drops because of what happened. And and this is the kind of thing we can shift if there were more people like you and this courageous young man. I mean, back especially back then, right? To just normalize it and go, I got this. We we can do that. Imagine a world where everywhere periods are no longer a problem for anyone. That's what Days for Girls is about. And thousands and thousands of people all over the world are joining in to make that happen. That's how we've reached now 3 million people because of people joining arms and saying, I am one that says no more shame. I'm one that says, let's get this done. 
Yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. And speaking of writing books, I'm in the process of writing a book. It's uh-huh. taking a, it's taking some time, but I just it was just an idea maybe a month and a half ago. But I'm plugging away little by little. And you have some suggestions on how to write your book. Can you give me a suggestion or two, like oh, how to do it? Oh, I love you. Okay. Okay. So, um, step one. It's really easy. Get a big poster board, write a circle in the middle of what your book is topic is going to be about, or even say what book, and then do spokes out like a bicycle wheel and put circles for the kinds of stories and topics you would love for people to enjoy that are the things in your heart that you really want to share. It might be more than one book and it might be one. Then when you get it, this is where what I call the fire is. This is where I want to lean in. I'm like really excited about this. Now you do that for the book. And now you can put stories, quotes, um, things that can go into your book. Now you can um, either make a notebook with that, make a whiteboard with that, or I used something called Trello, T-R-E-L-O-O. It's free. And it's like a digital whiteboard that you can put sticky notes on, um, digital sticky notes that you can drop in files. So what, and even photos. So what I did was I started putting down those story chunks that I wanted to feature in one column. And then I put quotes on one and I dropped in quotes all along the way that I might want to feature in the book. So the whole time I'm writing, I'm collecting them. And, I'm, and you can use your phone for that too even a list on your phone, right? And then I also made tips that I learned along the way for how to promote the book when it's done or things like that. And then um, people I wanted to connect the book about. Okay, now I could create a Google Doc in my case that I would start writing. And this is the trick. Don't edit yourself. Just let it free flow. Doesn't matter. Don't do not back up to fix a punctuation thing. Just keep going. Don't fix spelling. Don't just free flow your ideas. Then later you can come back to it and go, okay, this is the one that again, I feel a fire about today. I'm like really excited about that one. Dive into that piece. Don't worry about order. Dive into that piece and then start um, looking at that. How do I like fine tune it a little? Now you can edit. Now you can add things. Okay. So I'm going to jump over to later in the process when you've got pieces that are gelling. And now you're thinking about how is the structure of my book going to flow? How are these things going to connect? And here's one of the important things, in my opinion. As you're writing it, only when you get to this stage, remember that the reader has read many things and has a lot of options. What you want is for them to feel it, see it, be there with you. What you want is for them to have an experience you are inviting them on. It takes a lot of time and commitment to listen to or read a page. So you want them to really experience something. So this is why, you know, when people say, show, don't tell. When people say, don't be cliche, you know, don't say it the way everybody, you know, hot as a skillet or whatever. Say Say in a way that brings them to that place of your experience, like the five-year-old girl experience I shared. How did it feel? What do you see? What what smells are there? What? How did it feel? 
And then it's your job to just let your head search for that moment, search for the way to say it, let it just sift through until you can find like, yes, that's how I would say that to show them. So not just, but again, this is later, but especially at the start of your chapters and at the end of your chapters, all the way through, but especially that start and that end, bring them in in a way that, that, um, invites them come on in and also shows them so they feel it so in for example in one of the chapters of the book uh the power of days there's a section where i'm telling them about this amazing experience in mozambique and sit in mozambique so i'm trying to think you know it was this great reception everybody's playing drums and they're dancing and they're and it's so and i'm like how do you show that how you know they're actually full arm drumming and they change drummers mid stride. And you're like, wow, this is the drumming and drumminess place I've ever been in my life. But how do you show that? How do you show the colors and the movement? And so, and what can others maybe relate to? And so that one started, um, Vegas has nothing on the drummers of Sina Mozambique. So they know, oh, I can see it. It, it's not just regular drumming, drumming. It's like Vegas big. And then I show the why, the how, the colors, the sounds. Yes? Makes yes. sense? Yes. Yeah. It's just detail oriented. The more specific you are, then the more you can capture them and they can actually feel it, almost taste it. <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for those tips. And speaking about your book that's coming out in October. That's my son's birthday. One of my son's birthday month. I love that month. And you know, I love fall, by the way. Like fall is like my favorite season. <laughs> and not the summer, not the winter, but I love fall and spring. Uh, I was going to go ahead and ask like, what's one story or chapter from the book that you believe will resonate most with the readers? Oh, that's so hard. Um, people relate to different things, right? And there are so, you know, there's some of my stories of how I developed the mindset and the experiences that really prepared me for the work in ways I never expected. They were really hard things. And it was only from the other side, I would go, wow, that actually prepared me. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one that you might not agree, but for me is um, it's called stick stones and gravity in the book. And, and it is about an experience with a stepfather who you meet earlier in the book. So, you know, is very verbally and physically abusive. He was he was narcissistic and just thinking about his points of view and 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 that was really painful. And then the day that I finally went, what am I doing? I'm an adult now, and I know we talk about this, but you know why is it? And it doesn't happen until it happens for you. So this was the day that I went, what am I doing? I don't even need a dad. I I, I have my own family. I have these amazing children, amazing husband, amazing fa- friends that are family. And and I, I don't need to be wounded over a dad that couldn't be there, right? I, I can let go. And it was like slinging past Jupiter kind of thing, not just like, whoa, free at last. And this feeling of, wow, okay, yeah. And maybe he was doing the best he could. None of my business. It's not my business, his why is how, or even what it left in me, it's only my business, where I choose to focus and where I choose to stand in joy. So, so, and purpose. And so 
I am not kidding. My family could stand as witness. Two days later, this man I had not heard from or seen in 11 years calls and says he's at the ferry near our home and he couldn't be at our house in 45 minutes. I'm like, what? What? This is two days later. And then he comes and he plays with the children and he, and he, and, and what happens next was life changing. And, and all of that chapter just really, I hope shows we really, really have the power to let go of wounds, have the power to forgive at a level that's not about, you know, okay, you bad person, I forgive you. Watch me. Forgiving, but instead, instead a layer of I'm letting go. There is no tether between you and I anymore. Um, go and be well. I don't need any healing from this or anything from you. Go and be well. I do and love that. Huge. It's huge. I do. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, and you know, I've. I, like I said, I, I I love gratitude as well. So I'm actually grateful. It's going to sound weird, but I'm grateful for that experience because that's what helped me become who I am this moment today. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm grateful for everything. I'm like the bad I'm grateful for. Yes. I suffered a lot, but you know what? Thank you <laughs> for letting me suffer, allowing me to suffer so I can see the other side as well. And uh, talking about joy, mm-hmm. how do you bring more joy and energy into your life? Mm. Okay, so back to gratitude again, because that's one of the keys, right? And two, I think it's looking at experience with, because getting to that place where you look back and you go, that was actually a huge gift, can take years, right, for you to see it. And I only figured out that the Apple thing was a blessing to me like four years ago. So that's a lot of years. And um, if you can in the moment, just get curious. Not, you don't have to figure it out. Just curious and go, hmm, you know, I don't know what that's. Take deep breath. I don't know what that's about. I, I don't understand it. It still hurts. Whew. I'm curious how that's going to turn out. I'm telling you, it just, you probably know, it just releases something, you know, and you don't have to figure it out. So if you can go to, okay, well, let me share with you. May I? Do we have time for me to share a technique? Absolutely. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. So this came up just a little while ago as a result of a spilled half gallon of paint on an antique barnwood floor. So paint in the cracks. Long story. We won't go there. You You can find out more later. But here's what happened. I had this aha because in that moment, I had that realization that and reminder that in every moment we get to decide we get to decide if we're going to allow that part of our brain that is what I call the lizard part the amygdala that wants to keep us safe so it it defaults to negative watch out is its default and and it is the first part of our brain to go I got it I got it I got it and we have to say oh actually I'm going to make a decision so when something happens like the entire half gallon of paint dumps over your feet and the wall and the floor and the um, and you're standing it and how do I get out of this if you can just I literally take my hands like um 
holding them open from together to pulling them apart like Tai Chi and go, okay, hold on, hold on brain, deep breath. All right, I'm choosing curiosity and I'm going to choose being able to create a solution right now because if I go full lizard brain right now, I'm not gonna be able to do anything. I'm gonna have shut down and that will make this even worse. So how do I do that? So I learned to open up that moment. So let's go back to your um, experience in the classroom in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay, at that age, seriously, that's the definition of mortifying. Yeah. So bless that teacher and this young man for helping de-escalate that. But it is, that's the time that you really, your brain and body can go full, ah, and yeah. it stays with you because you had that emotional imprint in that moment. That's that's the reality unless we undo them. So I have one of those too, not as bad as yours. And it's a great example of one that I've gone back to. So if those moments usually have like color and texture to them, like you can still see who is there and you can almost smell it and you can almost feel it. And, and it's so detailed. Those are trauma moments, even though you're, you know, we may think of it as a huge accident being trauma. But those are trauma moments because in that moment, you felt it really deeply, right? So we tend to tell ourselves, move on, nothing to see here, get over it. It's in the past. But truly, there was that moment and it did a little hook and it probably hooked to something earlier that you may not even remember. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go back to a moment in middle school. I came out of the bathroom and then people started snickering. There was this whole like, shh, 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 shh. So then I start snickering like, yeah, I don't know what it is. But finally, a girl goes, excuse me, you, you have your skirt tucked into your tights. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. And, and I went back and pulled it out, you know, and, and still had that little residual of that moment. So when I figured this technique out, I was able to go, Take a deep breath, open that moment. I pull my hands apart, almost like Tai Chi or energy that you're spreading. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you can hear the jets flying overhead oh. that are underscoring this moment. <laughs> I can't hear. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> and the um, and then and then hold it open. See the lockers. See the light. See the students, the girl, the snickering. And just hold it. We tend to want to go, never mind, new channel, Mm -hmm. turn on the lights, make everything go away. But hold that feeling for a couple minutes. The, oh, my word. Oh, my word. Yes, I know that feeling. (laughs) So that, you know, it's, you're just going to feel it. It's just going to be a couple of seconds of discomfort. You already did feel this. So you're not avoiding it by skittering away. So just (laughs) hold it for a couple seconds. And now... Turn to see what can you be grateful for in this moment? Is there, and and I could see this girl, what if she didn't tell me that it was tucked in? And I could, in this moment, with the wisdom of now, go, thank you. I am so glad you told me. Thank you. And then I could go, what else can I pick up? What else can I bring from the wisdom of now? Mm -hmm. And from the wisdom of now, I can say, from knowing now, I know that if I had turned to the moment, just pulled it out and gone, oh my goodness, can you believe that? Can you, oh, that is funny. And thank goodness you told me. And oh, that's funny. I'm so glad you told me. And hey guys, see you later and walked off. They would have been like, 
whoa, yeah, wow, that's confidence. And it would have been a non-issue. It is our hook into it that makes it an issue energetically for those around us. So you don't have to keep living with the shame of that blip. You can actually go back in, reframe it, bring the wisdom of right now, bring in the gratitude, and then close your hands back up. Take a deep breath and actually have that moment, the energy from that moment back. Get it? That's powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. I hope I'm gonna listen to my own podcast episode with you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, where can um our audience follow you and find you? Social media. I'm out there at Celeste Mergens, and I also have a website, CelesteMergens.com. And you can find the link to Days for Girls there. You can find the link to the book. But the book's available anywhere that you buy books. And The Power of Days has a lot of examples of proof that you can be the difference in the world. The power of coming together and the immense impact of being resilient and clues to how to do that. That's beautiful. Well, I loved having you on my show. Thank you so much, Celeste. It was a, a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's been a delight. (laughs) Thank you so much. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.